grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hello, my name is Dan Gregg. I am a pastor in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, at the Lutheran Church of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've gone to the Woodfield Mall or something. It's near Schaumburg. Uh, if I could get a raise of hands, who goes to church here? So I know who I'm preaching to. Okay, awesome. That is amazing. Great. And I'm also preaching to you. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for doing everything you could and everything that you've done so far to make Ben and his family's transition from the seminary to here just marvelous. Thank you for everything you've done uh, for this day. And uh, thank you so much for coming to worship Jesus Christ and receive his sacraments. Now, um, I only want to spend a few moments saying or talking about when I first met Ben. I first met Ben because we both worked at the library at Concordia Seminary St. Louis. And um, I kid you not, when I first met Ben, I swear he had hair down to his mid-back. <laughs> I swear. And I won't tell you all the crazy things that go along with having long hair at seminary, but I will tell you, it was quite the sight to walk into the library and see the front desk with you with your head in a book and your hair was kind of like splayed down, uh, kind of like Cousin It. <laughs> but here's the thing, Ben. You cut your hair. You cut your, your hair. You changed. It was like you had made a Nazarite vow or something. <laughs> you changed. You changed from when I first met you, Ben. Not in a bad way, but in a way you don't see much anymore. Ben shows and showed a constant evidence that he was maturing in his knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he was constantly pining over, what is Jesus to have me do? What am I to do as a pastor I'm here to be a pastor. What is Jesus to have me do in my role? You are humble. You're willing to admit that there are things you don't know, and I admire that about you. And for the sake of bettering yourself, and uh, bettering yourself for Christ, and bettering yourself for the benefit of your family and your friends and your church family, you study. You figure out the thing you're supposed to do, and you stick to your principles. And never let me forget, you remind others of the principles that they're supposed to be holding to, and you hold them to it. One time I caught you in the library, and you were eruditely studying a book. And I said, what are you doing, Ben? He had cut his hair at this point. <laughs> and he said, I'm reading this book about the parables. I'm preparing a series of Bible studies that I'm going to lead at my vicarage congregation, or sorry, my, my field education congregation. And I said, wow, but you're a second year. They give you that kind of responsibility there? And I peeked over and he was, uh, you know, we were singing this hymn here. It was about the parable of the sower. And I'll never forget about that. Because what you told me about the parable sower stuck with me and changes and influences the actions that I take as a pastor. Knowing that some seed will fall on rock, some seed will fall on ground with weeds, some seed 
will fall on fruitful soil and grow and bear fruit. And that seed is the word of God. Protect it, lest the devil takes it from your heart. Ben that night, he showed me that he wasn't at seminary just to take tests, to learn stuff. He wanted to apply real theology to real people and real pews, to you guys. He did all of that studying so that he could be your pastor. And I stood in awe as I watched him do his thing. But I know what you'll do to me, Ben, if I don't preach the text. So let me take you there. We go to John chapter 20. It's Easter. It's the morning of that first Easter. And there's 10 of the original disciples. They're locked in a room. The windows are locked too. Because they were afraid that the same crowds that killed Jesus, the same people that killed Jesus, were going to get them and kill them too. But who is to say? I mean, they deserted their best friend in his hour of need. What might happen? I don't know. Well, Jesus miraculously appears to them. And it's crazy because he didn't sneak in. No, like the lies have been told. Jesus did not sneak in the window. The windows were locked too. He did not come in the door. He did not hide behind a potted plant and come out. No. This was him, the resurrected, perfect, glorious son of man, son of God, the, the, the offspring of the father from all eternity. And he was here with his people that deserted him. He's not here in divine retribution to punish his servants for betraying him, leaving them behind. No. I'll argue with any of you scholars, but I think the Greek says... As he showed him the wounds on his hands and his side, he said, peace be with you. Maybe almost holding up his hands, holding out his side. Peace be with you. By these wounds, you are healed. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. The world gives you anxiety, anger, hatred, malice. But I give you peace between God and man. Man and his neighbor by these words. Peace be with you. Glory to God in the highest. And peace among people on earth. And they were glad to see the the Lord. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He does something wonderful. He establishes the public office of the ministry. Of preaching and teaching the pastor. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And so here comes Pastor Ben, shackled to the one long 2,000-year-old gold chain of the pastoral office. 
down at Chabans, Illinois. Not locked inside, afraid of the beautiful people of Chabans, Illinois, no. But publicly preaching, teaching, and forgiving sins on Christ's behalf, it's beautiful. I love to see it. We love to see it. You love to see it. But privately, don't think you're off the hook. When you were baptized, when you received faith in your heart, God chose you to be his child. Christ chose you to be his younger sister, his younger brother. Christ grabbed you by the arms. He picked you up and put you on the back of his horse when you were dead on the side of the road. And he breathed new life into you. He breathed his Holy Spirit into you. And he carried you back to live with him in his kingdom. From death to life, from dark to light. From the world to his church. And there you'll be. His spirit, his resurrected life now lives in you. You people. What does that mean? What does that mean, pastor? That means you have a superpower. You have a superpower. You can forgive the sins of someone. You can forgive the sins of someone that's done you wrong. And what happens when you forgive them of their sins? Well, by God's grace, through Jesus Christ, through the faith in your heart, they are truly forgiven. You speak words into the life. You speak words of life into your child, your grandchild, your husband, your wife's dead heart. You give life. You raise the dead. You are joined with Christ in your baptism. What Jesus does, you do. What happened to Jesus happens to you. But you also have the superpower to withhold forgiveness. But beware, for whosoever does not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. You are on the front lines, you are filled with the Spirit. You are standing between Christ's church and the world. It's not all up to Pastor Hader. Quite simply, you can go where Pastor Hader can't. You can talk to people that don't trust Pastor Hader yet. Your co-workers, your unchurched family, your neighbor, they all need to be shown Jesus' wounds and by his wounds be healed. Any question you might have, any hurt or pain that is on your heart, any evil that has been gnawing at your conscience for decades and won't go away, you can bring that to pastor. Anything you confess to pastor will be forgiven by Jesus with pastor's words. And it goes away. You'll say, Jesus, can I come to heaven? I stole that pencil from Bobby in third grade. And Jesus will say, What are you talking about? Oh, are you talking about what you confessed and I absolved in 2022 by the words of my servant, Pastor Hader? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the pearly gates. Because at the end of the day, you know it. You've been doing this Christian thing for for years, for years and years. 
and you can't do it all. You've got, there's boards to be run, there's VBSs to plan, there's potlucks to cook for, there's light bulbs to change, there's weeds to pick. Your kids, they might have left the church. Your grandbaby might not be baptized. What in the world is going on? You're hurt. You want to give up. You want to say no one even cares anymore. No one reads the Bible. No one knows who Jesus is. But when that day comes, you're going to go to your father's house. You're going to be broken. You're going to be beat down. And your eyes are going to be looking at this carpet. But Jesus will come among you and cry out with his hands up, peace be with you. And you're going to look up. And there's that man that Jesus sent you. That same Christ who works through things, through words, has given you the one that you prayed for. The one who's been sent by Jesus to Chavans, Illinois. He's going to wear an angel's white robe in whatever liturgical color it might be that week. And he's going to say to you week after week after week, maybe day by day, your sins are forgiven with words and you're going to hear them. And he's going to show you Christ's tripping wounds in his preaching, in his teaching, in God's word. And it's going to heal your damaged soul and your broken conscience. But maybe you struggle with words. Maybe you struggle with understanding. Maybe your conscience still burdens you. Your heart weighs heavy. You have trouble falling asleep at night as memories of hurting and being hurt by others torments your heart. You might say, Pastor Hater, I won't hear it today. And that's when he'll splash water on your face. You are baptized. You are dead. Now you're alive. Put on Christ. He'll give you Jesus' body and blood together, bread and wine still on your tongue. And that won't let you be deceived when you taste it. Pastor Hater's here. He's here to forgive your sins in many and various ways on Christ's behalf. You know, I never really knew, Ben, the first three years of school or so, we did move a whole lot of books from the temporary library location to the main headquarter location. We might have even bought a Little Caesars pizza. But we never had class together. It was weird. The summer after we got back from Vicarage, Ben would, he would help me ferment mead. You see, on Vicarage, I had to find something to do in my house because we got locked down. And I was like, I'll ferment mead. And then my wife was like, you seem like you don't know what you're doing. You should call Ben. <laughs> Didn't he have all those weird things in his house? And I said, yeah. Do you remember that one time? He had all that weird stuff in his house. And so, I was scared to take the wine that was in the one and put it into bottles and rack it. What if it all spilled all over my kitchen? So I'd call him all the time. I'd call him at night. I'd call him during the day. I'd call him during class. You might find yourself in my situation in the coming year. But you know what? He'd always, he'd always pick up. And he always came over. He always helped me. He has a servant's heart. And he really is here to serve you. I tell you this because I do really think that he is here to love you 
in the very certain ways that Jesus has showed us. To give you assurance of your faith. Assurance of the forgiveness of sins. So please trust him. He isn't just really smart. He's also constantly improving himself. He's teaching himself in humility, new skills. He's creative. He plays music. He works with his hands. But not everything that he's going to do is going to to make you happy. No one can do that. But what I can tell you is that he will do what Jesus sent him here to do. You're going to watch him vow it in a few minutes. And all things are working together for the good of those who believe in Christ. And so hold firmly to your confirmation verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And to you all, this is what your vows are going to look like in a few moments. Trust him. He left everything he had to study to be your pastor. Trust him. He's a loving father and husband. Trust him. He's earnest, but he's not naive. He'll take you at your word and he'll act on it. He was sent here by Christ to stand between God and God's church. To point you to Jesus, his demands, his mercy. In the same way, you are sent by Jesus in the same words to stand between the world and this church. To point to God, to praise God from whom all blessings flow. Pastor Hader is here. He's here to show you what it means to follow Jesus instead of admire Jesus. And he's here to forgive your sins by the will and command of his Lord, Jesus Christ, who sent him. And he's going to show you Christ's wounds, which will be often his own wounds. He will breathe on you Christ's spirit in his preaching and his teaching. And he's going to baptize your babies. He's going to baptize your grandbabies. And he's going to feed you Christ. And so, Ben... Because I didn't get to go to your ordination. Union, Missouri is far from Schaumburg. I want to just read you two verses from 2 Timothy. Ben, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits because his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. But take heart, the hardworking farmer gets the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So therefore, endure everything for the sake of your people, so that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory.